0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of
1: GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and
0: Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man in the magical little box next to me is Scott Chasen of KU Coverage and so many other things. Scott couldn't be with us tonight, but we decided to have him on anyhow because something happened to KU that's kind of cool, so we're going to talk about that tonight.
1: Yeah, kind of important. And hey, Fitz, I think we're both excited to talk about new Nebraska coach, Chris Kleiman, new Nebraska coach, Lance Leipold, and new Nebraska coach, Urban Meyer. They're really shooting for the stars there.
0: They're all gonna share the job. It's what Mm -hmm. they deserve. You can interact (laughs) with us on social media at facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter, at The Drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode, of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and we start things off with our two-minute drill the two-minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center well
1: fitz kansas state dominated missouri 40 to 12 on saturday how thorough was this victory for chris Kleiman's wildcats
0: You know, Scott, I went back and and watched this on Sunday uh, again because it was kind of weird having a game with an hour break in it for Lightning. So um, you kind of lost the rhythm of of the game, uh, even as a viewer, not just as a player. K-State came out and played exceptionally well on the offensive side. They gave up three quick points on Missouri's first possession, but after that, the defense was absolutely incredible, giving up a field goal in the second half, and then, of course, a, a very strange uh, touchdown on the last play of the game with no time on the clock because they got an extra play. Other than that, K-State was really good for the most part. And here's what's scary and should scare a lot of people out there in the Big 12. K-State didn't even come close to hitting on all cylinders. There was a lot of things that they can improve on. And I, I tell you what, though, uh, this k-state defense i think is going to be even better than what i expected it to be they absolutely stymied missouri and they, missouri just couldn't get anything going if they tried to run it didn't work if they tried to throw uh, they found out that the secondary is pretty good for kansas state in fact in that third quarter missouri threw interceptions on four straight possessions which is something i've never seen before um, and the k-state offense Didn't take full advantage of that, but they did enough to really make this a blowout and it could have been much, much worse. And even Phillip Brooks got into the equation. Literally one snap from scrimmage after the lightning delay, Missouri punts and Phillip Brooks goes 76 yards to the house, not even touched. He made one guy miss him and the blockers took care of the rest. This was a really nice performance by K-State. And uh, it also, showed that talent isn't everything because Missouri has been recruiting at a high level but I'm just going to be blunt here. Eli Drinkowicz's version of the Missouri football program is soft. It got pushed around by K-State it got muscled and when they got into the fourth quarter they couldn't stop the run because they were exhausted and that's when Deuce Vaughn went crazy and got his uh, another consecutive game. I think it's up to eight now with 100 yards or more. It was a great performance by the Wildcats but could even be better in the future.
1: Yeah, Fitz, I was so blown away by Kansas State's offensive and defensive lines. I mean, the word you used, bullied, it, it just totally describes how much they pushed Missouri around. This game, to me, won early in the trenches, and Kansas State just flat-out dominated. That was impressive.
0: Yeah, it, it it really was. This is a tough K-State team, and if you want to play finesse football, you're probably going to lose to the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, Kansas trailed 14 to nothing early on before storming back and stunning West Virginia in Morgantown. how the Jayhawks get it done?
1: Well, Fitz, this was a, there was a lot to this game. It was like multiple games within a game because you think of how it started. KU goes down 14 to nothing, but it wasn't a normal kind of 14 deficit, 14 nothing deficit that we've seen Kansas face over the years, right? Like, Kansas had a bunch of offensive penalties that blew up its first drive. Kansas is a low-penalty team. And then defensively, Kansas had a defensive back fall down and trip. uh, And that gave up a touchdown. That doesn't happen very often. After Kansas got in that 14-0 hole, the Jayhawks outscored West Virginia in Morgantown by 27 points the rest of the game in overtime. Simply, Kansas needed to get its bearings. Kansas needed to get collected to lock in and, you know, I think West Virginia came out sharper than Kansas did. But once Kansas recovered, and especially when Kansas was able to get to halftime down just the touchdown, that was the turning point of the game. Fitz, we'll talk more about this Kansas offense. I think it's really, really good. And I think the Jayhawks have something with Jalen Daniels. And we can talk more about Lance Leipold and Andy Kotel, Nicky Brian Borland, the coaching performance of this staff. Both, I think, are great. But this game, to me, was Kind of a showcase of the depth that Kansas has added so many times in years past Kansas you know had to be out in front or had to have some kind of an advantage to even just have a chance at at keeping a game competitive this was a game where the other team jumped on Kansas and the whole time Kansas is saying Let's just get to half. Let's just get that breather, knowing we've got the depth to go the distance. We've got players that can cause problems for them, and we just need to let our coaches regroup with those players. I thought once Kansas got to halftime, the Jayhawks absolutely took this game over, and when you have special playmakers like Jalen Daniels, like Devin Neal, like Jacoby Bryant, who got the pick six, that gave Kansas a rare double-digit overtime win, uh, some special stuff can happen.
0: Yeah, that, that double-digit win really messed with people. It was in overtime. They won by 13 or 12, whatever it was. It was it was very funny. You know what, Scott? This really does show you what a good quarterback can do. It doesn't just make your offense better. It makes your team better. Everyone can rally behind it. He doesn't put the defense in bad positions. Jalen Daniels has been a difference maker from the time he took over at quarterback last season.
1: He's really good, Fitz. He's undoubtedly, at this point, the best Kansas has had since Todd Reesing. We'll talk about him a little bit more later on, too. Well, Fitz, there were so many great games around the Big 12 this week. KUS-Virginia was one, Baylor-BYU, Iowa-Iowa State, Texas-Alabama. Which games caught your attention this weekend?
0: You probably got to start with Texas-Alabama. I thought it would be a blowout. I thought Alabama would absolutely roll the Longhorns, and they didn't. Uh, Alabama looked like an SEC team that was looking down on Big 12 competition. I think I saw the same thing in Manhattan, Kansas, and they didn't expect it to be so competitive, and then they found themselves in the dogfight. Obviously, Texas has improved, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They've lost their quarterback now, so they're back to where they began and it's, um, it's gonna be interesting to see how the Longhorns evolve in, into the conference play because I think they're better, but I don't think they're substantially better. Um, and Alabama just, this should almost be marked up as a lost Alabama because they were favored by 20 and barely won and had to have one heck of a play by their quarterback to get them uh, to win the game. It was an amazing day. Iowa, Iowa State, the Cyclones finally found a way to beat Iowa. Uh, That uh, can't score points which is kind of an important part of football but man I was up so late Scott watching BYU and uh, Baylor what a great game what two great football programs what an incredible environment brother it made me so fired up for the new Big 12 I can't even tell you how excited I am to have these new programs in this in the conference because BYU is legit that wasn't anything freaky about it they look like the better team than the team I picked to win the Big 12, and that says a lot.
1: Yeah, Fitz, BYU was physical. Like, that was a physical brand of football. Those dudes were hitting. They had a plan on both sides of the ball, and it got into a slugfest because I think Baylor's really good defensively, too. I I came away like you promised about the new Big 12, and I will say I was very impressed by Texas. You know, Texas continues to recruit at a high level, even if they haven't produced at a high level. And sometimes it's about more than the stars next to a player's names and recruiting rankings, although that certainly helps. It allowed them to be competitive. I I thought this was a great week for the Big 12. I know it wasn't a perfect week, but I'm excited. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for the future.
0: Yeah, we got completely glossed over Tech beating Houston, which is of of importance Mm -hmm. to KU. So that'll be very interesting (laughs) moving forward. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate.
1: Well, last week's question was, what is the perfect number of teams for the college football playoff and fits in a narrow victory? Eight teams getting 37% of the vote, 12 teams getting 36% of the vote, 16 teams, 23%. And I agree with this one, four teams getting only 4% of the vote. I don't think four is the right number. And in fact, I think four is probably the worst number of all the options, including two.
0: I would agree with you on that. Here's this week's question. How many games will Kansas, which is now 2-0, win this season? Your answers are A, 2 or 3, B, 4, C, 5, D, 6 or more, which would mean bowl time for the Jayhawks. <laughs> Go vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13
1: Fitz, it's been a long time since KU won four, and we'll see what they do this year. That'll do, it. For this half of, <laughs> that'll do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive.
0: Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as The Drive continues and continues with our weekly 2-Minute Drill. This segment of The 2-Minute Drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years.
1: Well, yes, it's early in the season, but Fitz, you've been around Kansas State football for a long time, a very long time, yeah. emphasis mine. Uh, how good could this team become this year?
0: It really could be a pretty special team. You know, it's its interesting. K-State's had some really good teams. They've won double-digit games and seasons uh, a number of times, particularly under Bill Snyder, uh, only under Bill Snyder. But uh, this team could do that, they, they're capable of that. I'm not saying they will, but they are certainly capable of putting together a 10, 11 win season. But in the Big 12, it just won't be easy. So I've had people ask me to compare this team to a, a previous K-State team. And I'm gonna go with the 2012 uh, K-State team, the one that Colin Klein led its quarterback to a Big 12 title. Now he's the offensive coordinator trying to do the same. Uh, I think the conference this year is more competitive top to bottom than what that K-State team ran into in 2012. Uh, This is gonna be a real challenge. But this k-state team has the ability to do a little bit of everything now maybe we still need to see more of the passing game from adrian martinez and colin klein they've had a game where they didn't really want to pass the ball that much and a game where it was incredibly wet and slippery and they chose not to pass the game but they're able to pass the ball but they're able to lean on that running game so much that they can win with that because the combination of martinez and deuce vaughn is just dynamic But most of all, they're they're good along the lines. Uh, They're they're really physical up front on both sides of the ball. And if you look at K-State's defense, this is the kind of defense you need to have to win a Big 12 title. We saw it last year from Baylor. Baylor's defense was absolutely stifling a year ago and gave the offense enough room to have opportunities when they didn't have great offensive output to win games. That could be the case here with this K-State team. Look, they could have beaten Nebraska with two touchdowns, excuse me, Nebraska, Missouri with two touchdowns on Saturday. That's how good the defense was for the entire game. Uh, I'm telling you, Scott, I'm really optimistic about this team. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. Tulane might end up being the toughest team on K-State's non-conference schedule because Missouri was so pitiful, or maybe K-State was so good, it made Missouri look that way. Week four though, Scott, go to Oklahoma to open Big 12 play and we'll discover a whole lot about both the Sooners and Wildcats on that day.
1: Well, Fitz, when you have a good offensive line, a good defensive line, good run game, and you feel good about your quarterback, it's a recipe for success in this new wide open Big 12. I like Kansas State's team. I I agree with you. I, I think they've got some pretty high expectations this year, and I think they're within reach.
0: Yep, I would agree with that. Well, speaking of high expectations, all of a sudden, the Kansas offense has scored more than 50 points in both games to start the year. Scott, how have the Jayhawks been so successful? Well,
1: Fitz, it starts at the quarterback position. And Jalen Daniels, who through two games, yeah, he had a second half interception when Kansas was up a billion points in the opener. Um, He was perfect at West Virginia. He made difficult throws. He made throws under pressure. He knows doing this kind of RPO game, also option and triple option stuff. He's really learned and figured that out now in year three of a program and in year three of playing, right? Because he played as a freshman. Maybe that was a little bit early. Kansas certainly didn't have the pieces around him to protect him, but he got those reps early. Then he came on as a starter late in the year, in year two of his KU career, and he looked pretty dang good. I was curious about if he'd be able to continue it, if he could consistently this season be the Jalen Daniels we saw at the end of last year. And, And so far he's been that and he hasn't tried to do too much as well. Like he's making these big plays. He's a guy who wants to throw the ball downfield and utilize these weapons. But he's also trusting some of the pieces around him. And I think that's super important. Kansas has a really good offensive coaching staff that starts with Andy Kotelnicki, Scott Fuchs, the offensive line coach, also a very tricky name to say. Be careful, boys and girls, when you say that. Um, He's done a masterful job with this offensive line, teaching the wide zone scheme. And Kansas has some really darn good running backs. I mean, they go four deep in that room, five they feel good about but four deep with legitimate playmakers at the running back position. When you put all that together with Andy Kotel, Nicky's Nicky's creativity, how multiple that offense wants to be, sometimes going fast tempo, sometimes going slow, sometimes throwing a lot, sometimes running it, it causes problems for defenses. And West Virginia looked shell-shocked as the game went on, especially by all the triple option wrinkles that Kansas has implemented this year. And Fitz, I don't even think we've seen all of the wrinkles they're going to throw in with that triple option, despite how many offensive plays they've already run this year. I, I love this Kansas offense. I think it's very, very good. And I think Kansas has a real quarterback. I think that's how they're putting up so many points.
0: It's been impressive.
1: There's no doubt about it. And now we step out
0: of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Daris Corner Market. We love local and we are local for you.
1: Fitz, Nebraska wasn't waiting around to make a move. The one and two Cornhuskers fired Scott Frost after a loss to Georgia Southern. That was at Nebraska, by the way. When Scott Frost was hired, Fitz, it seemed like a no brainer, a home run hire. But where does Nebraska go from here?
0: It was a no brainer. It was a home run hire on paper, but it didn't work out that way. And now Nebraska has itself in a horrible position to try to hire a coach. They've fired coaches for being successful, but not successful enough. And now they let Scott Frost kind of wither on the vine and to the point where if they had waited three more weeks, they would have paid him $7.5 million in a buyout. They hated him so much at the end, they paid him $15 million to go away earlier, three weeks earlier. Unbelievable, but that was a dreadful loss. They were tied with North Dakota in, in, at halftime in the only game that they've won. They have got, they've got dreams of big coaches And they're even eyeing guys named Kleiman and Leipold according to reports (laughs) but I gotta say it and I'm going to be blunt and I think a lot of Nebraska fans are going to hate this who would take that job right now it is a mess it's a disaster expectations are way out of line with reality moving to the Big Ten was a disaster for this conference or for this program and they belonged in the Big 12 with their recruiting base best of luck Nebraska I can't imagine a world in which Nebraska would turn to K-State or KU to hire a football coach because they've become so crappy.
1: It, it's unbelievable, Fitz, and the stat I, I told you before the show, if Scott Frost won his next 62 games, he would move past Bo Polini for winning percentage at Nebraska by one game. That's how much it would take.
0: That would just be like five and a half years of winning. <laughs> wow. Now let's hear from our fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Now let's hear from the fans. This week's question is this, Scott, how does this team only win four games?
1: Well, Fitz, the question that got asked to me was about KU winning more than four games, which is uh, surprising. That is expectation raising, considering Kansas has not done that since the last year of the Mark Mangino era. Look, KU fans, Fitz, are very excited right now. They're talking about bowls. They're talking about starting 4-0, let alone winning four, five, six games. I'd say to temper expectations a little bit but to be very excited and judge these next two weeks. Kansas plays a good Houston team, and then Kansas plays a Duke team that's been a little bit better than I thought to start the year. If Kansas is competitive and wins one of those games, yeah, I think it's okay to start dreaming about four, five, and six wins and say, let's see what happens the rest of the year. That being said, you know it's year two of the Lance Light era. They're not gonna win eight, nine, 10, whatever games this year. I think it's still building towards something. So reasonable expectations mixed with some of that excitement. I think that's okay.
0: So let me get this right. Uh, Northwestern is greater than Nebraska. Duke is greater than Northwestern because they beat them on Saturday. So if KU is greater than that's like three steps ahead of Nebraska. If KU wins. Yeah, well,
1: Fitz Alabama barely beat Texas in Austin. Kansas has beaten Texas twice and almost beat them a second time in Austin. Makes you wonder.
0: Kansas greater than Alabama. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at TheDrive13. And when we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Killed by
0: briggsauto.com It is now time to head down the home stretch of this week's show and it's time to take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by kites and kites Aggieville draft house. Meet your friends at kites and the draft house since 1954 and remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the drive 13. Here are last week's results. Uh, we're short on time. We really shouldn't look at this. Um, the fans and Scott went two and one, I picked against KU and I went one and two, I paid the price. Okay. I, I feel bad. Here's this week's picks. And we're going to start with Kansas at Houston. And, uh, we, what did we end up? We ended a 10 and a half point underdog for Kansas. Will Houston win this game, uh, by 11 or more? Scott.
1: I'll I'll take Kansas. Kansas has been hot to start the year. Offense scoring a lot of points. I'll take Kansas.
0: So that means Houston's probably got to score like what, 61 points to win. I'm going to (laughs) take Houston uh, just because I'm not fully sold yet, but I feel like I'm going to be wrong again.
1: Well, Fitz, next is Tulane at K-State. K-State's a 16.5 point favorite in this one, and I will leave you the first pick here.
0: Well, K-State is going to win this game. Will they win by 17 or more? I think so, but Tulane's been playing pretty good football.
1: Yeah, fits. Uh, I'll go with Tulane and feel nervous, especially because I've spent most of the show talking about how good K-State is.
0: And <laughs> our last game of the week is BYU at Oregon. We've got it as a pick em. I'm going with the Cougars, BYU to win.
1: <laughs> I'll take Oregon, but hey, BYU's playing some great football and they ran through the Pac-12 last year.
0: Absolutely, they're fun to watch. Again, make mm-hmm. your picks on our Twitter page at TheDrive13, and it's now time for our On The Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, buy local for a strong local community. And we start off with the magic man in the little box, it's Scott Chasen.
1: <laughs> well Fitz, we're both in little boxes and remember there are no little people, <laughs> just little boxes that the people find themselves in. Look. KU fans, you are going to hear Lance Leipold's name associated with this Nebraska job, in part because he was in the state of Nebraska coaching for 12 years, and that's a good problem to have. It's good to have a coach that, right or not, whether Nebraska's interested, whether Leipold is interested, whether anyone's interested, that people around the nation look at your coach and say, he is doing a great job with that program. He should be a candidate for this larger opening. Ultimately, I would be very surprised with everything we know at this point if anything ended up happening there, but... There's no reason to be upset about it. It's still early, and Lance Leipold is doing a great job at Kansas.
0: Well, we're running short on time, but i got to say this. Jerome Tang climbing into the student section to do the Wabash Cannonball with the students at K-State at the football game was absolutely one of the coolest things I've seen a coach do. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.